Welcome to Cornerstone's Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here with Pastors Brian and Matt. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Just jumping in here. Uh, we are uh, gathering together uh, as it is Holy Week for all of us now and we thought we'd take an opportunity just to talk about the unique the unique dynamics of what it means to experience holy week this year um maybe the unique challenges the unique opportunities and even just how to think about holy week in general i think um brian you've mentioned that that we we tend to just treat holy week like any other week normally and, and, and now this, this coincides with this week where we're all quarantined, where things continue to, in our country at least, uh, get worse and worse when it comes to this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the, the U.S. Surgeon General just, just said, I mean, he, he said explicitly, he said, quote, well, it's tragically fitting that we're talking at the beginning of Holy Week because this is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives, quite frankly. He says, this is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, only it's not gonna be localized, it's going to be happening all over the country, and I want America to understand that, end quote. Um, and whether this, you know, that it, this week plays out like that, or the next few weeks do, regardless, I think it's, it's really, really unique to be sitting here, uh, heartbreaking and i think in in some ways like a lot of things right now kind of confusing right I, it seems like the most prominent thing about this week is the the potential spike in the coronavirus and kind of secondary to that feels like the fact that it's holy week um so we just wanted to talk a little bit about how we should think about a moment like this as we prepare to and as we do celebrate the the death and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, I mean, th- there's a reason why we haven't like postponed Easter, right? There's a, there's a reason why we we haven't just said you know we've postponed conferences and classes and school and things like that. But but even just as a church generally, like the the Christian church is not postponed its celebration of Easter. Um, so wh- why not? And how should we think about this week in the midst of everything else? Why not postpone Easter? Yeah. Well, because it's Easter. I, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't want to get too dogmatic. I think there's there's arguments to be made for people that it's a movable feast and it takes different Sundays every year. And But at the end of the day, like, there's a reason, a providential reason, it seems, why it fell where it fell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems very strange to sort of take the calendar into our own hands at this point um, and say, well, we'll just celebrate Easter when things around us seem happier. Mm-hmm. Um there's a uh, this isn't the first time Easter's been uh, celebrated in the midst of horrible suffering. And yeah, probably well, not even close like to the, the most significant. One. Yeah, you know, well, like yeah. I mean, like like there's there's ways that you know when you're celebrating Holy Week or observing Holy Week, you're observing a week where Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he has a lot of conversations that are under the shadow of a death that he foretold and a death that was pretty clear around him. There's people gunning for him. Uh, he's got a small band, essentially, of disciples at that point, and he's in the big... I mean, it's like they, they, there's a, a shadow over the whole thing, and then you get to the Last Supper and the crucifixion and Holy Saturday when there's just mourning and grief and lack of certainty and everything's being questioned and, you know, the ground's shaken underneath the feet of Jesus' followers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 
it was a really sad week. Mm. Um, and so, and a lot of, and that's happened a lot at, subsequently. There's plenty of, there've been plenty of plagues. There've been plenty of, uh, either, uh, you know, uh, citywide, nationwide, worldwide, or even just individual Easter's and Holy Weeks where, mm-hmm. you know, really difficult things have been going on. And Easter is meant to be, uh, at least one thing it's meant to be is a kind of shot of light that is unovercomable into the darkness. And so the idea of, of having difficulty around you is kind of a fitting context for the celebration of Easter, which is a pushback on the idea that the darkness wins at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's so interesting because I think that there's a, there's a way in which the moment we're in can feel like it eclipses the light of Easter. Right. And that, and that maybe we, we don't even necessarily feel like celebrating Easter because it feels like this it eclipses and overshadows the light of Easter. But that, that's the whole point of Easter. Right. That's the, the whole point of the, the thing that we're remembering. The thing that we're celebrating isn't uh, just about a, a yearly celebration. Right. It's looking back and celebrating the reality that light came into the world and conquered fallenness conquered death and established hope that is beyond and above everything anything this world uh we we have to endure in this world um including this yeah i mean it's interesting i think there's a lot of a lot of ways that's a powerful thought the uh, another connection by the way similarity between this easter and the first easter they were all hiding out in their uh hmm. in yeah. their rooms right so they were stuck in their rooms like we are um but there's something about the hope of easter that is god not just providing happiness i like the way you said it scott the idea that there's um suffering that could eclipse the hope that god offers but throughout scripture and particularly in the life of Jesus, God doesn't just give hope to those who are suffering. God enters in the midst of it and enters into it in a way that is powerful and compelling and different. God is not a God who's in heaven looking down at our suffering, saying, oh, I'm so sorry that you're suffering. God is a God who has come to earth and suffered himself. And so there's something about... um, Easter in the midst of suffering that is uh, universally true at all points, not just in a pandemic of God enters into the darkest of dark moments and shines his light, whether that's during a pandemic or not. And that's a really compelling and powerful thought um, as you guys are sharing that. Well, and that's why I think historically there's been things like Lent. Um, I, I know for it's very easy for us in kind of more contemporary times to have Easter be a sort of one-shot Sunday mm. that is wonderful and beautiful and we enjoy very much. Um, but it's just sort of, it, it starts Sunday morning and it ends Sunday evening, and that is the entirety of Easter. And because Easter is a celebration of a God who enters in, you know, and and takes on sin and suffering and who establishes a kind of amazing beachhead of what's to come, um, in the first fruits of his resurrected body and and the, the church that starts like the idea that we would then find ways to 
in a sense, put ourselves in similar positions. Um, and that's where we, we tended to talk about Lent as abstaining from things. But I think in, in its best version, the idea of abstaining from things during Lent was an attempt to put yourself in a position of lack and notice, A, how that plays with your own idols and your own sin, but B, to, in a sense, enter into an experience of lack that then is met on Easter with a longer front end than just, I woke up this morning and, oh, hey, it's Easter. Oh, cool. I love Easter. But more, man, this is a, a, a celebration of what God does when he comes in to a fallen world that has lack and difficulty and suffering and sin in it and then emerges victorious when it looked like all was lost. Trying to embody that somehow and, and enter into that experience is a way for us to then say, I really, uh, uh, I want this to be a holistic kind of rejoicing and celebration on Easter Sunday. And so to have us put in that position in an interesting way right now is uh, a new version of that. It's, it's a kind of thing where we're able to then look and say, wow, this is, we're in the midst of something very, very difficult and, and a lot of uh, suffering around us and a lot of strangeness and a lot of uncertainty. And this is now something from which we can look to Easter as more of a beachhead than maybe we would have before. Mm. And that's, a, that's such a compelling thought. I mean, uh, in so many ways, because you're describing Lent as something we do every year, regardless of whether we're in the midst of a difficult time or not, right? And there's a, a sense in which maybe um, we don't realize it. The, the, the reality is all joy, the, the joy of Easter, the joy of Easter what, what, it, it, that we celebrate, whatever, um, whatever year it is, it, and even not in the midst of a crazy global pandemic, is all joy in the midst of suffering and pain. It's not, yeah. uh, it, it, as much as this is an absolutely unique season, it's more like this season is opening our eyes to the reality of the world as it is more than it is um, just a blip on the radar. This is normal. Yeah. Even yeah. though it doesn't feel like it, 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 and maybe in most of our lives, there's a lot of, uh, you know, abundance of things that makes it feel like this is not, normal, but this is, this is normal. And God speaks hope in the midst of suffering for 2000 years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that, that's exactly where my head went, right? Like as Brian, as you were describing that, my, my head went to the reality that I, I think it's, it's, we're probably in the, in the minority. It, it's probably odd that we would think that Easter is like maybe additionally harder or more problematic because it's in the midst of suffering. I think if you were to take like, most Christians for most of the history of the church have probably celebrated Easter in the midst of some form of real intense suffering, whether it's physical illness. Or, and I think that probably a lot of you even listening can think back to Easter's that were seasons, right, of maybe somebody in your in, in your family passed away during that season. Maybe uh, things were financially difficult or physically difficult for a number of different reasons that that the, the whole point of Easter is and I think the reason we've developed these these traditions like Lent and and uh, and Holy Week is to expand this celebration so that we can put Easter in its appropriate place right and put maybe even more even prior to that good friday in its appropriate place uh, as the thing that makes that friday good right is that jesus came and dealt with the the sin and suffering and, and that's why i mean what's interesting right on the cross jesus 
through the cross, Jesus has given us eternal life, adoption, redemption, right? Which means on the cross, he didn't just deal with sin. I mean, he paid the penalty for sin, but, but on the cross, he dealt with sin and suffering, right? He made a, a path for us to eternal life, to, uh, to uh, an eternity where he would wipe away every tear from our eye. Right, where we would always be with the Lord uh, for eternity in, in, in length and, and in scope. And, and that is, is brought, is made stark and powerful as we recognize these celebrations in the midst of uh, a, not only people with fallen hearts who need uh, forgiveness, but also in people who, people who live in a horrifically fallen world uh, that, that needs redemption as well. Yeah, it makes sense that we would want to notice how the this isn't weird. I mean, it's 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 weird in one sense, like a different time. But like in general, the idea of having difficulty or suffering during Easter yeah. isn't weird. It's not having it that's weird. Yeah, and that's gonna help us because Easter is built uh, to overcome dark things, mm. um, and so it can be for us who live in a weird, or uh, ha- when our normal is is a strange normal. Um, it can be hard to, to grapple with that. And so it's like, oh, Easter is going to be harder this year because we're in the midst of something difficult. Um, and it almost feels like it, the difficulty can mute uh, the power of Easter when in reality, if you understand this from a larger scope, no, Easter is built to overcome this kind of thing. Yeah. That's the idea of it. And so to have a Holy Week with this is not like great. We're not like, oh, yay, they're suffering around. Yeah. At the same time, I think it does put us in a position where we're living in reality more uh, honestly in what the world is really like. And it puts us in a position to look at Easter and then say, if this is what Easter was built to overcome, maybe maybe the problem isn't that we're in a, a difficult time now and it's too bad that we're having Easter now, so we should reschedule it. Hmm. Maybe it's more, uh, maybe we've sh- undersold Easter hmm. and its power and what it's meant to do in our lives and our hearts and our world. And so now it's going to highlight that in the midst of something hard. Yeah. So, so I think so. I, I think it's it would be really helpful to think through some unique ways and some unique opportunities this year, this moment provides for us to engage in this in this celebration. And um, I actually I, I think it might be helpful to do so from from the inside out, even just starting with our own hearts. Right. So we're we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. People are probably listening to it. it it's going to be released on Tuesday. So, right. So it's, they're listening to this. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday of Holy week, right. In, in their own hearts, it, maybe it's a couple of days have gone by now. And since Sunday, they haven't thought a ton about it, right. The, the thing that's, that, that's captivated their minds is this is like a peaking and ever increasing peaking week in the coronavirus. Like that's the week as it's defined in their heads. Maybe they haven't even thought much about the fact that this is Holy Week, right? That the Good Friday and Easter are coming. Other than, you know, it's kind of like on a calendar somewhere. It's like the one thing on their <laughs> on their right, calendar yeah. this week, right? What um, what are some it, if we're to speak to people in that moment on Tuesday on Wednesday? What are some unique ways that in their hearts they can engage in this celebration now and for the next few days? leading into the celebration of Good Friday and ultimately the celebration of, of Easter. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bridge between the reality of current events and the pandemic and the uh, weekend that is coming up because I, I think this is a time we 
at just in general and this week is a time we should be reflecting on and really thinking deeply about the reality of death. I've been thinking about that. I, I mean, I, not in a morbid way in the reality of death as a true thing in this world, the reality of death as something that we all will experience and in the reality of death in the sense of understanding and maybe feeling you know, we all understand this. It's a common phrase. We're all going to die. We all die. We all die. No one lives forever. But there's a difference between saying that and feeling the weight of your own mortality mm. and saying, I need someone to save me from this. Mm. To get to a point where you consider your own eternity and ask, what is this? What is this? What is this for? The big questions of life. And I think we're hesitant and scared to ask those questions in normal life. And, and maybe someone's listening to this and maybe you've never even considered those questions. And we would say that um, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the story of Good Friday and Easter has God's answers for you and hope for you in the midst of that. But there's a real um, weightiness, I think, that ought to come with that to say, this is something happening all around me in this world, the fragility, the brokenness, and the death that is happening all around me and will one day be mine. And who is going to rescue me from this reality? Um, I, that's what would be a reflection I would encourage people towards. I think it's helpful because what you have is, uh, instead of saying, uh, you shouldn't focus on what's going on in the world, focus on Holy Week. What you're saying is, no, no, these are meant to, to be bridged. One, mm. one can feed the other. I think that's, that's very insightful and very helpful because a lot of what I think internally needs to happen is you setting up and understanding that what happens in Holy Week actually matters for what's happening this week. Um, and that's, that, that's the, the trail I'd want someone to cut. Uh, it's very easy to say, well, you know, I, Holy Week or my devotional times or my internal sort of spirituality is built to kind of help me cope with the things going on. And that's a very different thing than what we're talking about. I think what we're talking about is, you know, these aren't just sort of emotional salves to help you kind of make it through that these two things are both equal realities that have a bearing on each other. Um, not equal realities in that they're both the same sort of merit, but equal in the sense they're both real. One of them isn't just sort of a, 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 some hoops you jump through to feel better. Um, and so to be able to say internally, as I read the news, I'm doing that in light of the larger story of what God did in Jesus Christ, especially this week that we remember it. Um, that, I think, is the best internal thing you can do, as well as just watch the eight in the morning and eight in the evening psalms. You know, like yeah. just build these into the routines so that you have this sense of awareness of the larger story that won't be as pressing because it won't be in the headlines, um, but I would say has more power and more reality in, in, in a way um, than anything going on. And so that should be the, the thing that's casting uh, uh, a large shadow over what's, whatever's going on this week. I, that's such a great... Mr. Grabsby, and actually, by the time people listen to this, all, all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, I, I've, I've been so excited for tomorrow morning." By the time people listen to this, it, it'll be too late. But if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to Monday morning's Psalm, and as you pray with, I mean, in each one of the Psalms. But I think it, I, I just found it so fascinating that Monday of Holy Week is Psalm 13, right? Which cries out, right? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? 
Like it's this just lament. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And, and, and because the ultimate answer to this cry is the promise of Easter, right? It's, it's the promise of Easter that, 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 that drives our hearts to be able to sing with the psalmist at the end, right? I've trusted in your steadfast love and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I'll sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. And it's, I mean, it's, that's that phrase, right? That, which means like no matter what, like if you have the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Christ as your savior, then no matter what happens this week to those you love, to those around you, and no matter what happens this week to you, you can say the Lord has dealt bountifully with me because of what he's given and done in Jesus. And, and so many of the, the Psalms that we're uh, meditating on and praying through are, are, are such a powerful reminder of that as, as well. Absolutely. I think this, there's something really cool about that and something really telling about even like Psalm 13 and that kind of cry because there is a kind of perspective on Christianity that we can sometimes have where our faith is a booster or a, a helpful guide a a place to go to get a little uh, you know jump start of joy or jump start of happiness so that we can go throughout our lives and there's a there can be a a lack of real gritty earthy faith in our lives in our walks with Christ sometimes that a pandemic like this or suffering like this um, completely just uh, washes away in its strength and power. And the question I have going into this week is, is my faith, is my God, is the gospel of Jesus Christ big enough to handle the real suffering around me? Mm. Is it big enough to ha have answers to hard questions, to big questions that this brings up for all of us? Or do I just want things to go back to some kind of normalcy where um, I go throughout my day and every, every couple of days I need a little boost. And so I listen to a Christian song or I listen to this, or is this the way I understand the world around me in a fundamental way that, um, is just really brought to the forefront in this season. We, we don't lament very often in American churches. Often we, we, we this is something that we struggle with and not something that we, uh, practice, uh, very often, often I would say probably because we have so much abundance and we don't feel the ping and the pain of suffering sometimes, or we hide ourselves from it, or we, uh, you know, don't look at it in the face. And now we're all forced to look at it in the face and say, is my faith, is my faith big enough? Is God himself, my faith may be small, but is God himself and his good news big enough for this moment in this time? Well, that's the importance of entering into Holy Week uh, with that internal bent. I mean, I think that Holy Week is built to, to tell you, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't do it with a few pat answers or a few kind of propositional like phrases like, oh, well, yes. Um, it does it by en you entering into the story of Jesus, you know, life, death and resurrection as it they all, you know, slam together on that last week of his life such that you live out the story of the reality of the full heaviness of life in a fallen world, the full heaviness of sin more than we realize. And then you come together on Easter 
and you realize that he has over you know the, the darkness can't overcome the light um, and so I think there's there's ways that this time in life is particularly uh, unsettling and there's ways that it's particularly confusing and Holy Week is trying to show you that this story that we're in as confusing as it is you make sense of it through the larger story that kind of all comes together on Holy Week. And so that's to me that internal connection. You're, you're constantly making that connection that it's the Holy Week story that makes sense of the story that I'm experiencing right now, whether it's Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, and th that actually just leads into, as, as we talk about wanting to think about how we celebrate this kind of from the inside out and the unique opportunities we have this year to do that, um, you know, I, I was I was thinking about what does that look like. I, I came across uh, a post by a good friend of mine, Kevin Carson. Um, it's at kevincarson.com. I was going to post it somewhere for you if you're you name dropping Kevin I'm, Carson. I am, but uh, nobody knows who Kevin Carson is. But Did they name the city friend. after him, Carson? <laughs> That's Kevin. It's my boy Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin I'm, Carson. I'm kidding. Of the city. <laughs> of the city. Of the city of city Carson. Of Carson. <laughs> no, but but the, the reason I mention it is because on uh, he he provides Passion Week readings, Holy Week readings from each of the Gospels that like just walk you through the story, kind of a, a reading for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And and this is I think whether it's your own meditation, just walking through the the week each day and connecting it to what's going on in the rest of the world what's going on in your own heart what's going on in your own fears and emotions um meditating on it reading it together with your with your community group or with someone over skype it, he even suggests if you have little kids you know you can like each story you can have them just act it out act out this part of the story today you know just and again just to like give them and you a picture a celebration but to provide some way to each day meditate on different aspects of this story that I think gets to exactly what you were talking about, Brian, us entering into not just the truths about what Jesus did, but the reality of it, the, the suffering of it, the, the pain and the patience and the waiting. I mean, I, I think we, you know, in a really unique way this year, we are resonating with being cooped up in a room, waiting, wondering, not in one sense, not fe feeling like we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, but the beauty of this celebration, the reason we celebrate this way is because the outcome has been assured. It's been declared. It, it, it has been finalized, right? It, it's been finished. And so anything we can do to enter into in that way, uh, in our own personal meditations um, as a family, I think are, is, is going to aid our celebration as we come together as a church family on, on Friday and on Sunday uh, to celebrate. And, and, and then the, the last piece of that kind of as we work our way out that I wanted to touch on though is just the unique opportunity this provides in our relationships with our, uh, those around us who don't know Christ yet, who maybe are feeling this same confusion and pain and sadness and mourning and grief and um, fear, but don't have that hope of Christ yet to cling to that, that the unique opportunity this provides for us to communicate and to invite them into the, the, the greatest hope, the only uh, true great hope in Christ. And I know, I know we're one of the main ways we're seeking to do that 
um, is through the the Jesus Chain My Life testimonies. But Brian, we we talk a little bit about that and like kind of what we want to encourage people to do, uh, both through that and also just interpersonally through their relationships. Yeah. So I, uh, several weeks ago, um, one of the pastors at Reality LA, uh, Jeremy Treat, he reached out to us and he had this idea, um, which was essentially this, that we're in this crazy season where we can't gather together for Easter, which if you're a pastor or a Christian, it's just really hard. It's one of the best times of the year. It's one of the biggest celebrations we have. And it's where being together feels even more right somehow than every week. I mean, there's just something very special about Easter every year. And as he was kind of mourning that, he realized, well, but that also puts us in a unique position um, to see if God wants to do something you know, else, um, if he wants to use this really unique time uh, as a way to show off his power and to show off his love. And, um, and so the idea was essentially that we've got this group of people in America and in some ways across the world who are all cooped up. Um, and because of this pandemic are asking big questions about hope and God and life and meaning and eternity. And they're also at the same time staring at their screens because we can't leave the house. And so there's like a ton of social media watching going on, like even more than normal. Um, and so the idea is basically why not have all of the Christians um, record themselves explaining how Jesus changed their life and post it on social media during Holy Week, during the week when this we celebrate this story of Jesus accomplishing our redemption and salvation and transformation and all these things in the cross on the empty tomb and post them in such a way that there's a way to invite people who are watching, who are part of your social media circle, um, who might never have come to church or maybe for the first time are thinking about it, but have a really easy way in hearing how Jesus changed your life to click on something, find a way to go to a live stream Easter service and see how Jesus could change their life too. And so the idea is that everyone who can and is able um, should do that this week and record a story of how Jesus changed their life and put in the hashtag, Jesus changed my life. And then the handle of their local church, ours being at Cornerstone, Cornerstone WLA, uh, and there's churches across the nation doing this right now. I think it actually went on the Gospel Coalition main yeah, page yeah, like yesterday. So like this is something that isn't just like something we're doing or even LA's doing. This is something like the nation in many ways, Christians across the nation are going to tell everyone about Jesus this week and do so in a way that invites them to learn more on Easter Sunday. So you do a selfie, right, Brian? Matt is under the impression, which is probably right, given that I don't know what I'm talking about, that a selfie is just a picture. So a, a selfie video is like a like an oxymoron. It's a contradiction in terms. I think a selfie video. Brian said selfie during the God's activity today at church. And I almost mocked him relentlessly. Yeah, we, we, we narrow dodge on that one. Narrow dodge. <laughs> but it was, it was a, it's a holy Sunday. So I decided just to make fun of him in the, the podcast. I feel like it's better. <laughs> so you take a selfie. You take a, a selfie, selfie video. video. Yeah, so and we have uh, on our website we have uh, the the live stream web page, uh, website. So cornerstonewlalive.org. There's a page that will talk all about this. It'll give you uh, tips on how to take uh, that kind of thing if you're new to it. How to like video it. How to figure out what you should say in your story because a lot of people know how Jesus changed their life but have never tried to put it into words in this format before. Something kind of relatively short. Um, and so it's got tips on how to do that. It's even got some sample stories. Um, right now, some folks from reality, by the time you listen to this, we probably have some people from Cornerstone 
who are doing their own sample stories. So you can see some familiar faces do this. Um, and so there's ways that we want to equip you as much as we can to make this easy for you and to help you and resource you to be able to spread this. The, the most amazing thing about this uh, um, is that a lot of times on Easter, it's sort of like, well, let me invite someone maybe to a church service. And the pastor is the one who does all of the talking, who does all of the explanation of what Jesus has done. Um, and in this situation, what we have is not just a th- one pastor for however many people doing the explanation uh, on a Sunday morning. We have all of Holy Week, Christians everywhere, just flooding the news of what Jesus has done in their life across the internet, which is amazing. Like the good news is going out, not just through a few people who are like leaders in the church, it's going out on the front lines by every single person who Jesus has changed their life. And that to me is just amazing and what it ought to be and beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's really exciting. And I think that that what this is then is it's an invitation. And I think it's an invitation kind of to both and. I think it's to also think about how you might invite people in through your interpersonal relationships as well, right? So I I think the intentionality that this social media focus provides also gives us an opportunity to say, well, wait, if if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to go through the trouble to record this, to share my story, to, to kind of put this out there, um, what other opportunities do I have this week to make a phone call, to send a text, to send an email to people that I know desperately need this hope right now and they can hear it in such a, a, a unique way uh, next Sunday on, on, on Easter. Yeah, if you're, and if you're not a social media person, like we have a multi-generational church, the different people in different generations either are very into social media or aren't. And maybe you're someone who doesn't have a lot of people who like follow them on social media. Maybe you want to write handwritten letters and get them in the mail, Mm. you know, like this afternoon. Um, That explain a a postcard, whatever. That explain, Mm. here's how Jesus has changed my life. And I just want to invite you. Here's a website you can go to to hear more. Maybe you want to make phone calls or send texts or who knows. But the idea is that we can essentially in this time when people don't have things to look at say, well, I have something that I think is not only really amazing, but the most amazing that I would love for you to look at. And I think it's going to be a blessing to you. And I would love you to see you learn more about it on Sunday. Well, this is a unique, uh, this is a unique Holy Week. Actually, this week is probably a a unique Holy Week in the life of the church. I don't think there has ever been a Holy Week in the history of the church like this one with all of the unique dynamics at, at at work and then unique opportunities. And so we, we just want to encourage you to uh, enter in, to enter in fully, enter in fully internally and uh, to look around at how you might take advantage of the opportunity to worship and the opportunity to share that this unique Holy Week provides uh, all of us. And, uh, and we are excited to get to celebrate with you, to do that alongside and together, even if not in person, um, to do so in spirit as the spirit of God is is leading and guiding and, and growing us together as his body. And so with that, we will see you virtually on Easter Sunday.